Good morning. Welcome to Valley Lights Church. My name is Bruce. I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm excited you joined us for church this morning. This summer, my family and I went on a vacation in the Salinas area. We found uh, a, a kind of vacation home that it's not, it wasn't quite like Airbnb, but it was sort of like that, where you're driving to someone's property that you've never been to before. And uh, it was this really cool farmhouse out in, in some of the agricultural area, and there's a lot of space. So it was, it was a really great place, but it was hard to find because it wasn't on Google Maps accurately. And so when we're driving in to this vacation spot, I, was, I went on a road, you know, we had all our kids in the back and all the gear loaded in the back of the van, and uh, we get into a, this, it turns into a dirt road, it turns into a really muddy road. And um, I'm like, oh, the van can handle this amount of mud. And the mud, it's, the mud's getting really, thick and deep. And Aaron's like, I don't, I don't think this is the right way. This is not how you get in. I was like, listen, I know what I, this, that, this feels right to me. I know what I'm doing. And, um, you know, I had the thought in my mind, you know, you might not be right about this. But then I thought, that's ridiculous. Of course, of course I'm going the right way. <laughs> and, um, but then I'm like, man, if we do get stuck in the mud, though, like day one of vacation is going to be a real downer if we all get stuck in the mud. So I'm like, all right, well, I back up. And uh, I was like, I still think it's that way, but I'll go, I'll go back. And turns out the driveway was about a quarter mile down the road a little bit further. And we were doing like the back entrance where the tractors go. <laughs> and it uh, turns out I wasn't right about the direction, even though I felt really sure. And uh, it reminds me of a verse. And I've thought of many times, Proverbs 12, 15, says a fool's way is right in his own eyes, but whoever listens to counsel is, is wise. A fool is, is right in his own eyes. There, there's been plenty of times in my life when I'm just sure that my way is right and, and only my perspective is the right one. And I may, you know, we may have a disagreement about things, but like, if, if, you, if you're not seeing it the way I'm seeing it, it's ridiculous. Like, my, and so I've gotten into a lot of arguments because of this tendency to see things my own way. I've uh, spent a lot of time not being open to advice. This one occasion with driving through the mud, fortunately I did yield slightly enough to avoid a family disaster of getting stuck. But you know, we, we, uh, we run into trouble in life. And if we're honest, there's sometimes that we run into trouble and our own foolishness is a contributing factor. And if I'm in a situation where I am just absolutely determined to be right and I'm not open to any input, that's what the Bible would call foolish. That's foolishness. And, and we, can, we can create a lot of problems that way for ourselves. So, you know what? Pro, uh, problems, maybe they're bubbling up in your life. Maybe you've experienced relationship problems or health problems or, or even some conflict. Um, and you wonder, what, what's causing, what is causing my trouble here? What's at the root of this problem? Well, we're starting a new a series. Actually, we started a series last week called The Usual Suspects. And sometimes the things that we should be suspicious about are those very ingrained patterns of foolishness that reside within our hearts. The Bible teaches us that we have strategies that come very naturally but tend to be very self-destructive. Because we try to figure out our own life apart from God's way of doing things. Let me show you another verse that's got the word fool in it. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, 
but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And this, is, this idea is basically until you, until you get to the point in your life where you're willing to start considering doing life God's way, everything you do is foolish. For me, until I decided to really completely line up with the Bible, do what he says, my life, my, my life, actually, anytime I'm not factoring God into my decisions, my, my strategy is automatically foolish. It says the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord meaning taking God seriously is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. And so there's, there's two, so we looked at two verses real quick already that have the word fool in it. And that's, that's a big part of what this series is about. There's this fascinating dynamic where there's a lot of verses in the Bible, especially the Old Testament, that have the word fool. And there's a bunch of verses in the original language, Hebrew, that all get translated to fool, but they mean different things in the original language. And so, in fact, if you were to group a lot of the verses together that have the word fool, then you would, you would find a personality profile for five different types of foolish people or foolish strategies in life. And so this series artwork that we have, you can see this image here, there's five people on the screen, but there are five caricatures. They're, they represent the different foolish strategies that we tend to run into. And last week, we looked at the kasil. That's a Hebrew word for, it means fool, but it's a, it's, it's a kind of foolish strategy where you, you're taking the easy way in life. And today, I want, you, I want you to meet the second fool, or the second foolish life strategy, self-destructive strategy. So we're going we're gonna to meet a new one. This is called the reactive way fool. And then the, the, the second person in this image sort of represents this attitude. Um, and so the, the Hebrew word that we have is evil. And so this, this is in about 26 different verses in the Old Testament where the word evil comes through. And they all get translated fool or foolish or folly or silly or something like that. And, uh, but the reactive way fool, the, the, big, the big summary for this life strategy is a person who will say, I'm going to ensure that my agenda gets done and I'll get angry if I have to, I'll get upset, and I'll even manipulate to make sure my agenda happens. And there's, I think there tends to be a little bit of this in a lot of us. In fact, many of us are absolutely determined to have our own way. Just get so determined. And I've, I've run into this many times. The key tool for this foolish life strategy is to get upset easily. And so to get upset, Easy is the way to manipulate other people uh, so, that, so that I can have my way. And it's really normal. You've probably seen this a lot in toddlers. So toddlers use this strategy. If um, you say, like, no, you can't do that, or you, you can't have that ice cream, what do they do? Throw a massive fit, you know, throw themselves on the floor, um, whine and cry. And uh, so the goal of parents is to train out, train this out of kids. Actually, some of the verses in the Old Testament that deal with this particular kind of foolishness, the Bible says um, physical discipline is one of the major tools needed, required, to begin to train this out of kids as they grow. The problem is, though, not everybody lets go of this strategy and they bring this into adulthood. This uh, getting upset and throwing a fit, and, you know, we tend to, when we do this as adults, we tend to polish it up and sophisticate it in some ways. But maybe you know adults that get upset when things don't go their way. Maybe, maybe you've gotten upset when things don't go your way. And one of the verses that 
I, I can identify with completely is Proverbs 12, 16. It says, a fool's displeasure is known at once, but whoever ignores an insult is sensible. Again, that word fool is a veal in Hebrew. <clears throat> in, in fact, uh, a lot of the following verses in this message are going to be this particular kind of fool, a veal, and the reactive way fool. So this means is uh, once a fool is, is upset or insulted, their irritation is evident to everybody. So they get irritated and angry and provoked, and everybody else in the room knows it. You know, the, the mood, the mood has just changed. You know, you're, you, maybe you've been there and you're like, you're interacting and you're like, oh gosh, we're, this is a very uncomfortable place to be all of a sudden. And you know, sometimes when, when, a, when a fool's displeasure is known, <clears throat> maybe you've interacted with some people that are explosive. And so in their anger and their, their vexation and their frustration, they explode and they just let you have it with angry words. And other people are kind of more the stewing. They stew on it and they get really upset, and all of a sudden they kind of go more internal. They're not, they're not loud like the others, but you're like, because of the withdrawal, you're like, oh man, they're unhappy, and I complete, and they, you know it. You just, you know what's going on. Um, maybe, maybe you've run into this. Maybe you kind of be the more reactive, or maybe you kind of stew on things and get all quiet, and uh, the fool, and this particular fool, will not ignore an insult. If they feel insulted or slighted or offended, they're going to react. And if, if we get into this, if we feel offended or insulted, it, the, the insult might not even be real. Maybe, maybe a person was not even intending to be insulting, but it came across that way. So I want to show you, I want to bring this to life a little bit. Because this dynamic is such a, a strong theme in, in the Bible, I want to, I want to give you a, a real-life clip. Well, I'm going to show you a sitcom clip, <laughs> I guess as real life as it gets. But this is from an old show called Everybody Loves Raymond. But you're going to see how um, getting upset is a strategy used by two of the women, uh, a wife and the mother-in-law, uh, that really has a goal to try to uh, control the, the main character. So check, check out this clip. In the first place, you should be apologizing to me.
So this is a video clip that shows how this fool operates in everyday life. In this particular case, there's two women, um, and uh, you know what? They, they use this strategy. The displeasure is known immediately. The room gets icy. You know, there's folded arms, or it might be explosive. And the goal is to try to manipulate people, the person, to do what they want them to do. And you know what, maybe, maybe this creates some compliance initially, maybe this life strategy, you can kind of get people to do what you want, but it's not really at a heart level. The heart really hasn't moved. And uh, you know, it's funny, I don't know if you caught it in this clip, one of the guys, um, when he could sense the anger, he says, play dead. <laughs> and uh, like a possum. So last week we looked at the easy way fool, which if, if there was a, an, an, we're gonna assign an animal to every foolish strategy in this message series. Last week it was a possum. So the easy way fool, which, you know, this is actually, these guys are a good example of what we looked at last week. Like, oh, I don't want no stress. I'll just, I'll play dead if I have to. But often what happens is, believe it or not, the easy way fool that we looked at last week and the, the um, reactive way fool that we're looking at today often marry each other. So it could be a husband is the easy way guy and the reactive way woman marry each other and um, sitcom writers know this. So they have a blast. This kind of dynamic, you see, you see it on TV shows all the time. They, and, and the sitcom writers don't even know the Bible, but these dynamics are very much a part of our relationships. And um, the strategy of expressing my displeasure at once, go to that verse we were looking at, um, a fool's displeasure is known at once. If we can, I want to look at that one again. Thank you. Um, and, and maybe you've been in that situation where you get, you feel upset or offended or frustrated, and then you just want people to know immediately. Or maybe it's not, it's not even a decision, but it happened. I do this with my kids. I was, uh, this weekend, um, my kids were getting stuff out of the garage, and they bumped my bike over. I have a nice road bike, and it just came crashing down, and... Um, I was really irritated, and they knew it right away. And so, you know, big long sigh and exasperation, and I'm like, listen, you need to be more careful, and I'm like getting irritated, and so I set it back up, and then I go over here, and then crash, like it gets knocked over again. I was like, oh, I what did I just say? And I thought of, I'm like, I thought of this verse, a fool's displeasure is known at once, but whoever ignores an insult is sensible. This, this can happen with my kids, it can happen in marriage, I can start getting harsh and irritated. I can be in a position where just the warmth gets sucked out of the room, start snapping at people, like I, I want you to, and then fill in the blanks. Now I'll, I'll use my emotions or my reaction to make you do the thing that I want you to do. We all do this, we, we can show annoyance immediately, especially if you've been offended 
or if you think you've been insulted. Maybe, maybe a person wasn't even intending an insult, but it feels that way. Irritation or frustration, we can change our mood quickly because we want to override what the other person is doing. Maybe the goal is to squash opposition to my plans or to get them to conform to what I'm wanting to do. The reactive way fool, it's, uh, this is really a way of life for some people. This is the norm. It's, and if there's a person that's really embraced, or I guess really allows this to flow out of their lives, the avil, the reactive way fool approach, it's very painful to relate to this kind of person. Uh, it's kind of like trying to hug a cactus. <laughs> Over time, you know, you're like, you know, I, hugging a cactus does not sound like an activity I want to put on the list of my afternoon. You're thinking, hanging out with that person is not on my list of things I want to do. Because being around a person that's really embraced this strategy, uh, it can be very, very unpleasant. Proverbs 27.3, it, it brings this idea to life. It says, a stone is heavy and sand a burden but aggravation from a fool outweighs them both. Um, again, that fool is the avil fool. It's basically saying to be around this kind of person is a burden. It's, he's talking about sand and, and rocks. It's like, I'd rather carry around a backpack full of rocks all day. Like that would feel lighter to me than spending time with a person that causes this much aggravation. So having, having an, a, a reactive way fool in, in family or in a group or on your team if you're at work, man, it weighs everyone else down. It creates an extra burden. I don't know if you've ever been on a vacation with someone who is determined to get their way. It's not fun. It turns a vacation into an unpleasant experience. Um, you know. And, and maybe we'll be honest, have, have you ever been that person? Have you ever been on the vacation and you are determined to get your way? Well, we could be, any one of us could be stubbornly determined to get our way. If, that, if, I, if that's me, then I'm the person exasperating the people around me. Each of us needs to watch out for this. The core problem with all of the foolish strategies we're looking at this, in this series is a lack of faith. Diminished faith. In the flow of life, these fools try to get what they want without having to trust God for it. The reactive way fool aims, I'm going to get my way no matter what God says about treating people the right way. Because I have my goal. I have what I want people to do. It doesn't really matter what God says about kindness and respect and gentleness. That goes all out the window. And the reason this is called a foolish life strategy, that one, one other difference between English and Hebrew, this was originally written in Hebrew, is um, fool, foolishness in, in the Hebrew uh, means morally deficient, not mentally deficient. Because if, if, you, if you call someone a fool nowadays, you're basically saying that maybe they're, they're stupid or they're not thinking clearly or they're they have a lower IQ, like if you say you're like you're a fool, it's like a, like saying you're an idiot. In the Bible, it's not that way. A fool in the Bible is morally deficient. They're like, yeah, God says this. I don't care what God says, and it's very destructive. So there's a, a moral lack of factoring God in. So the, each of these fools, they'll overlook what's right to get their way. Uh, hard attitude number one, one of our core values, is to put the goals and interests of others above your own. Yeah, that doesn't matter. I'm not doing that. <laughs> if I have a goal, 
I'm just going to go after it. I'm going to, I, I want people to, to help accommodate the things that I want. That's what this fool says. Some other characteristics of the reactive way fool, they're rebellious, thinking they always have a better way to do things, tend to be adversarial, um, not cooperative with others, tend to be controlling and manipulative, trying to move people around like chess pieces. Um, kind of like that, that mother, mother-in-law in the sitcom, like she would, she's like, who's been telling him it's his life? Like this, this kind of person would say, I love you and I have a wonderful plan for your life. <laughs> I'm going to show you the plan that I have for you. And when it's to the extreme, and we can be, you know, there's a, a, a variety of ways that we can exhibit this uh, strategy, but if it's at the extreme, uh, the reactive way fool wants to run the show and then people run away from them and begin to avoid them like the plague. Another, another key factor that tends to happen with this life strategy is that relationships develop ill will and conflict. Relationships start deteriorating. Proverbs 14.1, another verse says, Every wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Again, the word foolish comes up there. You know, who, who would, if you're thinking about a home, who would go outside their house with a sledgehammer and then just start demolishing the panels and just start smashing the garage and the windows? Nobody would do that. But people do this relationally. People do this in their family relationships without even realizing it. Like it says, a woman, a, every wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one starts tearing it down with her own hands. This could be, by the way, um, not, this isn't exclusive to women. Men can do this as well. Uh, the fool here is, the, the Hebrew word is eveleth, which means stubborn selfishness. This type of fool generates a lot of ill will. Um, and actually, they tend to be the source of major conflict in families and relationships. If there's conflict brewing in a family, it might be this strategy is at play. Perhaps deep down, they, they want their families and their relationships to be stronger. They want to have a complete house and a strong house, but, they're, but somehow the opposite impact is being had. Look at, look at what happens when you try to repair the relationship with this type of fool. Proverbs 14.9 says, Fools mock at making reparation, but there's goodwill among the upright. So, uh, reparation meaning um, let's make amends. Let's, there's conflict in a relationship. Let's, let's work it out. Let's get it cleared up. It says this fool mocks the idea of doing that, which means if you try to talk about a conflict with this person, they're not listening. They, they think that's stupid to repair this relationship because I didn't do anything wrong. You're not doing what I want. <laughs> And, and so the result is there's no goodwill. If you can't clear up a relationship, there's no goodwill. You can't repair things. Um, uh, this type of fool, the avil, the reactive way, almost never apologize and ask for forgiveness. Um, you, may, you may have, maybe there's somebody in your family that you think exhibits this and you're like, I don't know if, I don't know if they have ever once said, I was wrong, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Because it, it rarely happens. If, They'll, they'll mock at the idea. Uh, again, uh, one of the verses earlier says, a fool's way is right in his own eyes. Why would you need to clear something up if your way is always right? So we, we really have to be careful with this because if you have ever refused to take responsibility for your own wrongdoing, man, we start slipping into this ourselves. Um, so it's, I mean, no, nobody likes to own 
wrongdoing. Nobody likes to clear things up or take responsibility. Um, but to refuse it entirely, to mock at the idea of getting things repaired. There could be a relationship mess at home or at work, and uh, this type of fool thinks that's dumb. And then all the goodwill drains out. The, the, the contrast, of course, is um, there's goodwill among the upright. <clears throat> now, this is, the flip side is there's a lot of vision here for the kind of refreshing and enjoyable relationships that we can have with each other when there is a willingness to repair and to make amends the right way. So if, if you're thinking about this verse, by the way, in all, in all of these messages about the fools, what's probably going to come very easily is for you to think of people outside of yourself that do these things. <laughs> and you're like, oh man, like the elbows start flying, and you're like, oh, I cannot wait to tell them what I learned in church today. But my recommendation would be, in each of these messages, really try to be self-reflective. And even with this verse, um, you know, what, what if you were to ask people close to you, like, and ask them, like, I want your honest opinion. Do you think that I own up to my wrongdoings often? Like, do I do, I do that often? Do I just do it sometimes? Or do, do, do I never, do I never own up? And if you're completely opposed to asking that question, then you might have your answer already. <laughs> you're like, I'm not going there. I don't, I don't want to admit to anything. Um, we see this also in Proverbs 11:29. The one who brings ruin on his household will inherit the wind, and a fool will be a slave to someone whose heart is wise. It's talking about household, family relationships especially, are some of the things that start deteriorating first. Conflict starts blowing, and perhaps it's right in our own families. Um, we, we're not going to cover each verse about the avil fool, but other, other verses point out how the, the avil tends to be very quick to get angry, just like hair trigger. Anger is right there. Frequent arguments, and that conflict and tension and animosity follows the reactive way fool like a wake behind a boat. And if you've ever been skiing, and, you know, the, the wake is there, and it creates ripples. It's like this person, everywhere they go, there's just conflict flowing behind them. This impedes progress in life, and makes, it makes for a very turbulent ride. Um, the avil tends to also refuse to listen to advice. Why would someone who has a plan for everyone else need advice? If people would just do what I want, life would be good. So having an enjoyable conversation with this fool is so difficult that family and friends and bosses and coworkers stop telling them everything that they need to know. Because you're worried if, if you're relating to a person like this, like it, I'll, I mean, maybe I'll tell you something and there's going to be a big reaction. And I don't, honestly, I don't want that reaction in my life. It's just, it's not worth the drama. And if, if you're a parent that deals with this, let's say, let's say there's some reactive way foolishness in you, and if you're a parent and you deal with this, then your kids, as they grow older, they'll start leaving things out of the stories, and they'll start sneaking, rather than having to deal with the overreaction of their mom or their dad, who's so reactive. Or if you're a boss or a manager and you lead people at work and you're this, you, you kind of deal with this reactive way, well, if you're a boss, you need real-time information from your employees but if a boss is very quick to get angry or irritated, 
they're not going to get the clear picture because the employees, they want to avoid the volcanic eruption. I'm just going to go around and I, even though my boss probably needs this information, I'm not going to be the one to tell her or him. Or if you're, if you are an employee and you deal with this, um, you might be making it really difficult on your boss, trying to control your work, your environment, and not giving the respect that's needed. Um, and then maybe the response, if you're an employee and you deal with this, you, your supervisors might start leaving you out of important conversations more and more. Um, and then you find yourself outside of the decision-making loop. You, become, you can get marginalized. In friendship, if this is, if this is a part of your dynamic and there's in friendships, uh, friends tend to get, um, it starts building resentment because, man, it feels like I talk to this person and then, man, they just always have a perfect fix and they, they won't listen to what I'm saying and um, I feel badgered by this person about what I ought to do. And, and if the veal, the reactive way fool, was an animal, this is the animal that they would be, a honey badger. <laughs> So honey badger, they're, uh, you know, they can be about the size of a cat or a, a, a smaller dog, but they can take down animals much bigger than themselves, even, even a grizzly. And uh, part of, or lions or other, other animals, they, they stay away because the honey badger is relentless. They're vicious and they're, they're tough and small and scrappy and they'll, they'll just go down, down for the fight. I just picture it's got uh, porcupine quills sticking out of it because he just went for a fight and he wouldn't back down. So he got all kinds of quills just sticking out of him. The honey badger, they'll keep fighting, even if they're taking damage themselves. In the same way, this foolish life strategy, man, they'll, this person will just keep talking. They'll just keep talking and they won't let it go. They're determined to be right and determined to have their way. And uh, this, we see this in how, in particular in Proverbs, it talks about how their mouths run without discretion. If there's a conflict, they just keep throwing logs on the fire. You know, we're, we're arguing, I'm going to throw another log on the fire. Proverbs 10:14 says, The wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of fool hastens destruction. They might even be up against a person who can give them a beating, physically or verbally, but it doesn't matter. They'll just keep throwing logs on the fire. People get so vexed and so uh, worn down relating to the reactive way fool that they'll just avoid them if at all possible. So I'm trying to paint a picture for the experience you might be having as you relate to people in your life or the experience that you might be having if, if you struggle with this foolish strategy. But if you have people... Uh, one tip for dealing with avils or reactive way fools is if you understand them, you might be better equipped to deal with them successfully. Um, one recommendation, this is just like, this is not in your notes anywhere, but a recommendation is um, don't try to give a reactive way fool advice or don't try to tell them what to do or don't try to change them or coach them. Don't, and don't let them become advisors or life instructors. Um, because of the damage, and, and, and certainly don't contend. Don't stir up arguments, just avoid arguments. Actually, a lot of the other verses in the Bible talk about just avoiding contention and arguments, and um, especially not, not giving advice to a field, because it just, stir, it just stirs up the reaction. 
Um, there's, other, there's other strategies that can be used. Um, if you are, actually, if you are in a situation where you're really trying to figure out how to relate to a person that you have to see every day like this, I can give more advice on specifics about how to, how to work with that. But this foolish strategy has a tremendous negative impact on the people who choose it as, as a way of life. And it, it tends to boomerang back around to wound the fool more and more as time goes on. Plans just keep falling apart. And there's, there's long-term problems and damage that, that come from using this approach. Um, the avil, the reactive way fool, is especially associated with physical illness as well. Um, Job 5.2 says, anger kills a fool. Again, that's the, the reactive way fool. And jealousy slays the gullible. That anger, that vexation, just the, like the, the irritation and the stress. They, this person just gets so worked up, so focused on the goals, and so stressed. That actually works against a person physically. It can start breaking down your body or your mind and... Uh, Psalm 107, 17 through 18, talks about this also. Fools, the veal fool, says fools suffered affliction because of their rebellious ways and their iniquities. They loathed all food and came near the gates of death. The stress of trying to control, you know, if, I, if I'm in a reactive way fool, trying to control my world, it's going to wear me down. It's going to cause real physical sickness. It could be related to heart problems, or blood pressure, or the mental state, or just the body overall getting worn down. But self-harm comes from the veal's own internal vexation. And not only that, these people tend to end up alone because they are so frustrated with others that they just decide, I have to handle life on my own. And, and other people are so frustrated that they avoid them. And, and the main reason we're doing this series is, is for us to you know, identify foolishness in our own lives. And so this, this avil, this reactive way fool, maybe, maybe you don't fit this perfectly yourself, but maybe you can see some of the traits in your own life. Or after, maybe even after looking in the mirror of God's word, you may realize that you resemble some things in this profile. According to scripture, these are heart-level problems, this, this folly, this foolishness. This means we, we really need to change at a heart level in order to grow away from these destructive patterns. God wants to change our heart, but only if we resign as the ruler of my own life, and my own destiny, especially resign from this reactive approach to life. When we trust God, he makes us new and he begins to change us. Following Jesus means we choose to live for his will rather than expecting others to do our will. You see this in Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. That, like I said, my opening story, can't tell you how many times I've been wise in my own eyes and how much conflict that tends to generate. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. There's, there's a way of following Jesus that doesn't just impact your spiritual state or even just your mental state, even physically. There's a kind of wholeness that comes to every part of us as we really take God seriously. When we decide to follow Christ, we choose fear of the Lord. 
I am going to take the Bible so serious, I may look like a weirdo because I'm doing what it says and people think that's dumb. I, I am really going to take God seriously. I'm going to aim to please Him in every part of my life, even, the really, even when that's really, that requires some costly decisions. God heals us as we trust Him in the flow of life, and He begins to lead us away from folly. So how do we change this pattern? How do we let God change this pattern in us? These are, these are a few suggestions for you on your handout. Um, one is to ask God to help me see the consequences or the damage of this foolish pattern. Sometimes we're just living and reacting, and we don't always connect the dots. The trouble in my life and the conflict in my relationships are just there, and we don't really see quite the dots that connect that back to me and the things that I'm doing that's making this happen. If your plans keep falling apart, or if your own household is dissolving, or your relationship with your grown kids, or your relationship with your, with your, your parents is just broken down, man, ask God to show you your part in the trouble. You and I need help to connect the dots between the trouble in our lives. Usually, usually trouble happens we're like, God, why? Honestly, like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why won't they, why can't I have this relationship better? Why aren't they treating me right? Or we just ask these why God questions that never really, um, really, it's a, it's a blaming, that's a blaming on God type of approach to life and an, an unwillingness to look in ourselves. And so we have trouble connecting the dots. This is normal. It's, even, even that's not a judgment because I have trouble. We all have trouble connecting the dots between our trouble and our own habits. Um, not all the trouble is our fault, but some of it's going to be depending on our level of foolishness. And so it's very important to be open to admitting faults so that we can change and begin to see progress. This is really the first step to making things right. God forgives when we confess our own sin. And really, confess is to agree with God that the things that I'm doing is wrong. And if we're willing to accept fault, God will show us and begin to start the healing process. Um, Psalm, go, the next part of Psalm 107, where it talks about um, the veal fool, their body breaking down, uh, the next verse says, uh, trust in the uh, for the veal fools, when they turn, yeah, thanks, you guys are doing a great job tracking me, the Avilfuls, when they, they turned and they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, he saved them from their distress. He sent his word and healed them. He rescued them from their traps. From their trap, like they're in their own traps, like their own foolishness has created problems. He says, God rescued them from their traps. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. One of the big takeaways from this is that when, when we are really in dire situation or relationships are completely on the brink, cry out to the Lord for deliverance and help when disaster strikes. Turn to Him. Another next step you might do today, if this seems relevant to you, is to focus on what God wants me to do, not what others ought to do. And this is hard. As life flows by, we got to ask God, how can I just focus on myself? I mean, we, we, you know, we start trying to train this in my kids because, you know, if they're both doing some household chores and then one kid just starts slacking off and they start playing, what does the one who's still working say? Well, how come they're not working? I'm like, 
it's none of your business. You have a job to do. Like, just focus on yourself. We, that's, that's actually not a toddler or a kid problem. That's an everybody problem. <laughs> like, hey, how, I just need to focus on what I need to do and get my own work done. Galatians 6, 4 and 5, it says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you'll get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. If we work in a way to please God, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. God gives each of us a life, and he holds us accountable for what we do with our own lives. We're made in the image of God, and he gives he gives us tremendous worth and dignity, but if we, if, we, if we step into trying to control other people and try to make sure that they're doing what they ought to do and we use our reactive way to like get people to, to get in line, it's actually very demeaning and it's very offensive to God that we're trying to control another dignified human being. It's very offensive to our maker and it generates a lot of resentment in other people that we're trying to control them. So ask God to help you see the damage you're doing and, and how maybe even sometimes the way you get upset is a strategy for getting your way. And then humble yourself to receive God's help to overcome this strategy. The opposite of folly or foolishness is wisdom. Jesus wants to change our heart and, and, and show us how to live wisely. Jesus is mentioned in Colossians 2, 3, and it says, In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Does it, it's completely the opposite of what we've been talking about today. So God gives wisdom as we choose to follow Jesus, who will guide us to experience the treasures of wisdom as we do life his way. If you know Jesus already, confess the reactive way approach, this foolishness, and ask God to help you overcome the pattern. But if you don't know Jesus yet, today you can give your life to him, decide to follow him, put your faith wholly and entirely in him, or, or continue to investigate what it means to follow him. You'll find the treasures of wisdom wrapped up in Jesus. Two more next steps that you might consider that are on your handout is to go back and clear up relationships that I've damaged. Maybe in the reactiveness or uh, the anger or, or the vexation, maybe there's some relationships in your life that have been damaged and it's time to go back and get those cleared up. Or another next step might be to reject being wise in my own eyes and ask for advice. It's really hard. Uh, actually, you can pull up the last slide, which has all, all four of those next steps. Reject being wise in my own eyes and ask for advice. Maybe, that, maybe there's a certain area of your life. Maybe you could identify one. Maybe something related to my parenting or disciplining my kids or uh, my marriage or the way that I'm handling finances or just a person that I'm struggling to relate to, and you just figure out, I, how about I ask for advice on what to do and find a wise person from church to do that. Maybe, maybe probably, probably the most relevant thing on that last one would be a relationship that's difficult. It would probably be the most practical thing to get advice on. So these, these are some next steps you might consider. I don't know which one of those feels like it'd be most helpful for you. I want to do a, a quick flyover of the five fools on the back of your handout. You see where this series is going. Last week, we looked at the easy way fool. The easy way fool says, I want things easy with no stress. So I'll sneak or procrastinate or take breaks and lie. 
So I can just get what I want easily. Uh, today we looked at the controlling way fool, and this fool says, I'm going to ensure my agenda gets done by getting angry and upset and manipulating. This is a reactive, adversarial type of person. Uh, we're also going to look at the fun now fool, meaning I want fun and I want it now. I'm going to ignore duties and con consequences don't matter at all. I don't need, I'm not even, you could tell me that consequence, I'm not even listening because I'm going to blindly indulge my desires. That's the fun now fool. And a lot of life-dominating problems flow out of that strategy. You can never count on this person if it's, if it's an extreme version. Um, there's also the glory now fool. They want glory and they want it now. I'm going to speak and act to impress. I'm going to, I'll brag, I'll name drop, I'll strut my stuff because I'm important and everybody needs to know it. This fool always wants to be the center of attention right now. They'll push ahead and even step on people along the way. It's a very self-important, self-exalting way to live. And then the last fool is the predatory way fool who says, I'll cause other people pain, especially if I can gain by their loss. If we could work out an arrangement where it's win-win, I would prefer if it was I win, you lose. That's this fool, this last one. And all of these fools, again, all of these come out of, if you read the Bible, generally you'll, you'll read the English and they'll say the word fool, but go back to the Hebrew and these are different kinds of fools that emerge, different profiles. So I don't know if you're having trouble in life. These are the usual suspects. You know, you're like, what, what's the root of the problem? Where, where's this coming from? Well, we can identify our own favorite flavors of foolish. Maybe you've got a blend of some of these strategies working in your life. It's easy in a series like this to see all the fools around you, so to speak. But my hope is that this becomes a very self-reflective series. Wherever you find yourself related to these patterns, God wants to help and has the power to help. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning together, our time, and for your word that yields tremendous insight and wisdom and relevance to our life when we carefully study it. Thank you for helping us to identify uh, this pattern of foolishness and, and pride and selfishness that really emerges from the reactive way. And I pray that you would help us. Uh, give us your spirit to walk in a way that pleases you. Help us to trust you more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.